Yo, 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 welcome to the Outside the Box podcast. I think, as the young people say, this show is lit, um, but we mostly talk about stuff, so it's lit on fire. I don't know. I don't know how that saying works. Anyway, I'm Jacques Slade, and um, I enjoy this show. I've got two really great guys on this show that uh, that really keep the show going. Um, they're the guys you'll probably listen to more than you listen to me. Um, so I'm going to start it off with my main man, Brandon. What's going on, everybody? Brandon Edler, content manager, Finish Line. Really appreciate everybody checking out these episodes and keeping us with comments and social on YouTube, whatever, uh, so we can make sure that we're doing the right show for you guys. I'm going to kick it over to our guy, Nick Engvall. Hey, what's up, guys? Nick Engvall. Uh, definitely appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. And uh, any feedback, definitely hit us up, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube comments. We'll check it all out and hopefully, you know, keep this entertaining for you. Yeah, I'm just go ahead and say it. That awkward that uh, intro I did was really awkward, but you know we'll keep it just for sake because we don't want to start over. Um, so let's talk basketball. Um, I feel like the basketball, the sneaker world for basketball is insane right now. There's so much good product, and like it's there's product that's like a hundred dollars, and there's product that's two hundred dollars. It's just like an insane amount of good quality sneakers right now. And I feel like all the brands are really kind of like pumping on all cylinders when it comes to basketball. Um, now, both of you guys have obviously retail experience. I'm more of a, of a media guy. Um, how are, and I know you can't really disclose any like direct information, but is basketball doing as well as it seems to be doing from, from, from what I see? It just depends what shoot it i mean overall i feel like actually basketball has kind of been slipping a little bit just because there's so many colorways of so many different sneakers you're seeing stuff sit on shelves a lot longer um overall though i feel like it's doing fairly strong especially the entry model signature line stuff like the Kyrie coming in at the price that it did um the curry being very affordable i think those are shoes that if you see brands continue to go in that trend they're going to do really well but the stuff that's higher the 160 180 200 dollar ballpark yeah, those have been struggling a little bit more, and you know, you go into Kicks Deals and other affiliate sites like that, and you see that those shoes get marked down for about one hundred fifty dollars after a few months, and you know, very few of them are selling out the way that they did a couple of years ago. So it's kind of a yes and no overall. Basketball's still doing very, very strong, but yeah, there's a lot of shoes that aren't pushing units the way they did a couple of years ago. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think that I think that you know, there's there's just so much out there right now that. You know, and you've got to look at all the pieces to that puzzle where like, you know, Nike ID even takes a little bit of that away because so many people are like, well, I can get a Kyrie and I'm only going to buy so many shoes a year. So I may as well buy a color that I want and make my own. So it's definitely an, an interesting time. And I think that, you know, overall, I think, you know, it's still the absolute biggest part of the footwear business, you know, like running shoes are important, but. I think basketball still drives, you know, the business for the foot lockers, the finish lines, the foot actions, eSpace, all these companies. I definitely agree. Nick, exactly. I think you're head on. You know, basketball is king. When you look at, like, the quarterly earning reports from the brands or retailers, basketball is always a big piece of how well everybody's doing. If you take a look at, you know, the gap between Adidas and Nike, Adidas is doing just fine in a lot of lifestyle stuff. Soccer, they're very strong, but basketball is where they really, really need to catch up if they want to be competitive with them. And that's a piece where Under Armour is actually what they've done with the Curry and a little bit of the other stuff that they have on their basketball line. They've been able to 
close a little bit of the gap. I mean, you know, when we're talking about Nike, closing the gap is pretty big number, but still, you know, at least they're making it more competitive than it was five years ago. But yeah, basketball is definitely king. Yeah, absolutely. So does a brand need to have like so? All right, let's talk about this in two, 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 like two categories. Let's talk about the the hundred to hundred and fifty, and then the hundred and fifty and up sneakers. Let's start with the hundred fifty and up. Now that market seems to be dominated at this point, basically by Nike. Everything that's over one hundred and fifty dollars, for the most part, are all Nike shoes, with the exception of the is the, is the I think the D Rose Six is going to be one hundred and fifty, or it's, maybe it's one hundred and forty, uh, but maybe it, it maybe it's one hundred and fifty. Um, so those shoes are suffering because kids aren't just buying aren't buying those like they used to. So that means KD, LeBron, Kobe, and Derrick Rose, for the most part, are the ones that aren't selling. Um, they're not selling through as as other words like guys like Kyrie, uh, guys like Steph Curry, um, guys like John Wall. Um, but then I also think like there's Chris Paul in that area. There's Melo, though I don't think we haven't really heard anything about Melo's sneakers really in the in the news lately. Um, but for the hundred and fifty to the two hundred dollar area, are those shoes that much better than the shoes that are one ten, one twenty, one twenty five for the curry? Personally, I don't think so. I think you're I think you're paying for that that you know that trend or that player's you know, um, I don't know, cool factor, but, you know, I, I think that, I think there's, there's a lot of personal preference involved in all of that. You know, like if you're a fan of LeBron, you buy LeBron's. If you're a fan of, you know, D Rose, you buy D Rose's. And, you know, like I think the D Rose shoes, you know, at one point jumped into the 160 range and then they brought it back down because I don't, I don't think that, you know, the, Although Adidas is really popular right now, it just doesn't make sense for them to try to play in that world unless they're playing on the lifestyle side with Kanye. Because to me, like, and, you know, like not even just Kanye, they have ridiculous amounts of of high-end collaborations, which is what makes their lifestyle brand so powerful, in my opinion. But like with, you know, Kyrie's, Curry, all those guys, I think you're, you're paying to kind of be associated with that and if i'm under armor i know that i'm not going to go try to compete in the basketball segment against lebron's price point because lebron is 13 years established as the man when it comes to basketball shoes now you know like kobe was in there for half of that but there's no question that lebron is the pinnacle player and the pinnacle shoe when it comes to basketball shoes in my opinion and you know like you can look at guys like a Kyrie and see, okay, well, he's not quite LeBron status and he doesn't have the massive influence, the massive following, the massive endorsements because they're not quite to that level. And, you know, with a guy like Curry, he's maybe the, the more attainable, more relatable, normal guy. Cause he's not, you know, six, eight and 250 pounds. He's like, six foot maybe if you're giving him some extra credit and you know he's he's just a, uh, really just a skinny kid that plays basketball so I think those things play into it um I do think that it's kind of interesting that you have guys like you know James Harden John Wall although John Wall has his own shoe like and I think Harden with this transition to Adidas will eventually have his own shoe as well but those guys 
in my opinion, have a lot more influence than a lot of brands and a lot of retailers give account give credit to because their price point of their shoe is at that $100, $120 mark. And it's still like a hard thing for that 18, 19 year old kid or the, his parents to say, cool, we're going to drop $200 for LeBron, you know, like, or 250 or whatever that is. Um, but that's, that's just my opinion. Yeah, Nick, I think you're definitely spot on with a lot of that. Um, a lot of it's, you know, who, who their favorite player is. I know when I was in junior high and high school, you know, I had to have the latest penny. I had to have the latest Iverson. It just depended, you know, it, or it didn't matter what the price point was. I just had to have that. Thankfully back then it was a lot better than it is now. You know, a lot of these kids, if LeBron's their favorite player, they're going to ante up and they're going to pay that extra money to get it. Is the shoe better? Yeah, it is. I mean, you look at the technology on a lot of these shoes that are $180, $200, and it is better. I mean, it's like, you know, going from a Volkswagen to an Audi. You're paying for that difference between a Kyrie and a LeBron. Does, does the average basketball player need it, especially at the high school, collegiate-type level? Probably not. I mean, if Will Chamberlain can drop 100 buckets in Chuck Taylor's, then I think, you know, the average 14-year-old can do just fine in a $90 performance shoe. So... You know, it's it's just the cool factor. It's who their favorite player is. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's the reason a lot of these $110, $125 shoes are doing a lot better is because, you know, it's performance-wise, it's perfectly fine. It's going to hold up just the way that it should. And a lot of these players that are attached to that shoe are premium players just as well. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird to me that, like, those guys that are in the 110 120 125 like, those guys are really great players. It's not like they're... Like nobody's like John Wall's a beast. Curry's obviously a beast, and like these Kyrie is you know is a beast. Like there's no way to like these guys are you know pretty much unstoppable in the court. They go in nearly you know every single game, but their their price point is so. I'm happy you guys said that it's so attainable to a kid that's watching basketball or that loves basketball and is like, hey, I can I can actually get Kyrie shoes. I can be a part. I can be a part of that of that story, a part of that that history. Same thing with Curry. Like Curry's story is such an underdog story, and I, I hope that Under Armour takes note of you know the presence that he has and doesn't start jacking up the price of his shoes like year like year after year. I mean, I understand going up maybe five bucks, you know, something like that. But there are some shoes like I think we all know the story of it. We all felt like KD was going to stay. Around that, I think his first one was eighty-five dollars. Am I? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was under a hundred. I can't remember exactly. And he was wasn't he really adamant about keeping it under like that hundred, hundred and twenty dollar price point? Yeah, like that started like it started at eighty-five, and now they're he's he's a hundred dollars above that price point right now for his shoes. And you know, not 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 to take any way from anything away from Katie's star. Um, but like a hundred dollars in a matter, a hundred dollar price jump in a matter of what we're on the KD eight. Yeah. We're on the eight, right? Nine, yeah. Eight in a matter of eight years, a hundred dollar price jump. Like that's a big jump for, you know, um, in eight years. So I don't know. I just, I, I wish there, well, I think there's a few things. I think there's a few things that factor into that too, that a lot of times consumers don't really think about, you know, like you've got to, you've got to figure that like Kobe is kind of about done. I don't know that he can carry a signature model after he's done. Um, you know, like he's obviously, you know, an incredible player and, and has had some really great shoes, both with Nike and Adidas, 
but I think, you know, if you're looking at it from a business perspective, Nike has to account for, has to make up for that gap that, Hey, Kobe's going to start to fall off. So, you know, the shoes you, we see it, like you can get a lot of the Kobe shoes in the outlets on a regular basis now. And, you know, like KD kind of fills in that gap, so to speak, as, as talking, you know, profit. So, you know, talking about like the money side of it, I guess. But I think it's also interesting to like, not to run off on another subject, but I think it's interesting that like back in, you know, like you look at like back in the late nineties, you had a lot of brands that were, were at that middle of the road price point. Um, obviously everything was a little less expensive back then, but like, if you think of like a shoe, like the, and one Tai Chi, or maybe the Starbury, which Starbury's might be coming back now. Um, you know, and, and honestly, like, I don't know that, you know, like there's a lot of profit on the other side of things. And we, we know that as consumers, but we don't really understand how much profit, like, you're buying something at the outlet for what you think is 50% off or on one of the discount sales from the retailers, there's still a ton of profit in that shoe for both the retailer and the manufacturer. So to think of that and kind of put that into perspective, you know, like you, you're paying for all the marketing, you're paying for all those commercials because you want that, that, you know, storyline, you want that cool factor and you want to feel like, part of LeBron's story almost, or part of Kyrie's story. And so that definitely plays into it, you know, like, especially with Nike, because a lot of their technologies, you know, have been things that they've worked on for years and to get to this point where with like maybe an Under Armour, I think the technologies might not be as prominent or as developed, but they definitely, you know, still have to spend the money to figure out how it works and where it works and how they can use it. Agreed. Agreed. Now, speaking of these professional athletes, um, for us, it was a big deal for players to wear their shoes on the court. Do Brandon, I, I, you know, toss this to you, Brandon. Do you feel like that's still necessary for, for guys to have the shoes on on the court? Yeah, I do. I mean, we saw how big of a deal it was with the LeBron 11 that he wasn't wearing it and what that meant. You know, there was endless articles on it. And, you know, I don't know if that's a particular reason, but that shoe didn't sell as well as some of his previous models did. So it's tough to know if that's the exact reason. But yeah, you know, I think the average kid, whether he's you know just coming up in fifth, sixth grade basketball, junior high, or what, they like having that connection. Like Nick said, they want to be a part of that story. They want to be like, yo, I rock the same shoes that you know LeBron dropped sixty in, or whatever that looks like. Like I remember, even a couple of years ago, I would have probably been twenty six or so. I bought the LeBron 7 PSs because I thought they were going to be the first shoes he won his title in, the one that kind of looked like the Concord 11s where they stripped a lot of the fat out of it. I mean, to me, I thought that would be a cool thing to have that down the road, have the shoe that he won his first title in. So I think it's still important. I don't think it's the end-all, be-all deciding factor for a lot of people when they buy the shoes. But, you know, how is it a signature shoe if the guy's not even wearing it when he's performing night in, night out? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think there's a lot of examples of that over the years, too. You look at, like, you know, the Under Armour prototype, too, that Brandon Jennings wore, and, you know, that shoe was never released to the public. And then after the fact, he put up 55, and they released the double nickel version of it to, you know, like, kind of a, not really super limited or anything, but, like, through Foot Lockers and such. And, and you know, that shoe had a story, and it was great. I, I definitely had to get him because it was, like, cool, this guy's finally, like, 
we're finally getting to see Under Armour basketball for the first time and have access to it. But also the story behind it is is really awesome. So, I mean, I think that it's not a part of the selling and the marketing of the shoe anymore. But I still think as a as a you know kind of as a sneaker enthusiast collector whatever you want to call it, that's still definitely you know important. Like um, my friend Chad Sneaker Galactus on Instagram, you know, like he's like uh, a, an insane collector. He has a ridiculous amount of shoes. But he collects them and he knows the stories of every shoe. It's like this guy did this and that. And, you know, that that's what to me is like the root of all of our passion for footwear and sneakers is like, you know, you take it back to like Jordan flying from the free throw line in the, the, the Jordan three or, you know, winning the dunk contest in the twos or the, the Boston game in the ones, you know, like those are the things that at the root of all of this, like for the most part, we're still there. There is that element of like the newer, younger kid that's getting into it that, you know, he's watching social media and he's more influenced by that. And that's why you see a lot of effort into getting in front of people and getting the colors out there and that. But I still think there is an element that, you know, of a certain significance to what the players do in them and what they, you know, which ones are worn and which ones are not. Okay, so I'm going to throw a bone in things here a little bit. So we've been talking about basketball shoes this whole time, and none of us have mentioned the Jordan signature line when it came to talking about basketball shoes. Um, why, why is that? I mean, I think it just doesn't really have that connection that it used to when he was on the court. I mean, even when they try to put faces on it, like D. Wade or Westbrook or whoever, it just didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like a true Jordan. It, it still, to me, can or to me now, it feels just as much like a Superfly three or, you know, a Carmelo eight. All that to me is kind of in the same ballpark because Mike's not making those moments in that shoe anymore. And we saw the kind of season that Westbrook had last year, even when he was wearing a lot of the a lot of the signature stuff, and it still it just doesn't resonate with you in the same fashion. So. You know, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with the 30. You know Jordan Brand's going to come out and do something crazy. I thought last year what they did with the 29 was really innovative. I thought it was an amazing performance shoe. But, you know, Mike not wearing it, it it's not really a, a Jordan shoe in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely, you know, true. I also think that, like, you know, like I, I'm a big Chris Paul fan. And I have, you know, quite a few of his signature shoes. But I also think that, you know, Westbrook is not like the pinnacle guy that Jordan was or is. And, you know, the price point of the Jordan signature model has been pretty high. So, you know, even though I would say the economy is in a good spot for, for the footwear business and people are definitely, you know, like everybody's doing well in the footwear business for the most part. Um, you know, it's definitely something that that price point and the fact that you don't have like the best player in the game attached to it uh, is, is tough, you know, like it's, it's tough to, to think of that. Cause personally, I'd rather, I'd rather spend, you know, 140, 150 on a Curry shoe because at least I see him and it's like, cool, this is going to be something that's going to be important down the road, hopefully, maybe, you know, and I'll want to have that story, whether it's for, you know, writing down the, the, something about it down the road or passing along to the next generation. I can see that. I can see that. And if uh, for those that are listening, if you haven't checked out 
our Jordan episodes. I'll put links to those down below. We talked about Jordan Retros and the Jordan Signature line. I actually did a two-part series on that. So I'll link you guys back to that down in the description. Um, so I'm going to put you guys on the spot, but I'll put myself on the spot first. So let's say, let's just rank right now, just from what you know, um, your your top three shoes. I'll, I'll say for uh, basketball shoes. For me, um, number one is the Jordan 29. Um, it's just really comfortable. I really love playing in it. I think the upper is great. It feels soft. feels like you've been playing in them for years just when you put them on once. Um, then after that, I'm going to go to the Kobe just because I love low-cut shoes. And then my third pick is actually going to drop. Is going to, I shouldn't say drop. It's going to go to the Curry one. Uh, I think Under Armour did a fantastic job with that shoe. The charge cushioning was great. It was just a good shoe all around. Uh, so now I'm going to toss this to Brandon. And from what, from what I hear, you know, you're killing rec leagues. I feel like your list should be kind of the top here. This is as good as you are in that rec league. I'm so boring, actually. Uh, last year, the only shoe that I really played in on a consistent basis from the newer models was the LeBron 12. Uh, other than that, I still try and ball my answer twos as much as possible, and someday my foot's literally going to go through them because those aren't a retro kid. Those are from 1998. I'm still trying to hoop in those because I love them so much. Reebok, please bring them back the right way if you're out there listening. Um, but other than that, you know, the LeBron 12 was really good. I got a chance playing the Jordan 29s. I thought they were really good. Um, and then I played in the Kyrie one once, and it was an unbelievable shoe. I thought they did a really good job with that. So, you know, a lot of really good shoes out there last year. I think this coming up season, I'm really excited to see what the Curry 2 is going to do the most. Yeah, for me, I definitely think, you know, I'm looking forward to the Curry 2. I'm kind of looking forward. I'm, I'm always looking forward to the D-Rose shoes just because I'm a big fan of his, and I think that it's a really underrated line overall. Um, I think as far as playing, like, I really love the 28 SE, man. Like, it, it, that shoe is, like, it's, like, almost unfair how much I like that shoe compared to anything else. But I also do like the Curry 1 quite a bit. Um, and, you know, really, I I, I don't know what, what next would be. Like, it's that's tough. Like, probably the Hyper Rev. Uh, it's, it's not, like, a signature model, but it's... I think it's super underrated. It's just a simple, like, low-cut, you know, like, I'm not a Kobe fan, so I don't really go towards Kobe's very often. So, like, the Hyper Rev is kind of like that, like, I'm not, uh, the KD, like, didn't have the look that I like, I guess. So, I think that would be the third one for me. Yeah. Good choice. Good choices. Good choices. Now, I've never played in any of the overseas stuff. Uh, have either of you had any experience with any, like, the leanings or the peaks or any of those stuff? Uh, I've played in leanings before. I definitely, uh, I definitely don't like think they should be shunned the way they kind of seem to be. But I also have seen some peak shoes. I've never played in a peak shoe, but I've seen some peak shoes where it's just like, why would anybody sign with this brand? You know. So, I mean, I think personally, I think you know a lot of that, and kind of going back to like bringing up Starbury you know, possibly coming back with $15 shoes, you know, he's obviously doing well over in China and, and, you know, is, uh, you know, slight step below God level. Um, but like, to me, those, those shoes, it's all perception. And a lot of that comes from our wonderful American arrogance of like thinking that they're not making quality product. Um, even though, you know, a lot of the shoes that we buy here are still made in the same factories that, 
probably leaning and peak, peak shoes are. Right. That's horrible. Well, I can tell you uh, the reason those guys are wearing them is because they're paying them to wear them. And if Anta or Peak or Leaning came to me and was like, hey, we want to make the, the Jacques BB, um, I'd be wearing those shoes because um, I need that check. Um, how about you, Brandon? Have you had any experience in those? I haven't had any experience with those personally myself. But, you know, just kind of going back on the whole Starberry thing and being endorsed to do it. If they just want to throw me like 50 Starberry IDs, I'll wear nothing but Starberries for all 2016. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to have those one-of-ones nobody else has, and I'll keep it real in the Starberries. I already got colorways in my mind, too. I got I got the no Vaselines. Those are going to be the first joints on. I'm going to take it back to Minnesota winners. Those will be good. You know, I'm going to do a Coney Island joints. There's going to be some hot stuff. I mean... Sometimes I got to get out of the basketball shoes, so I might throw some lugs on just to, you know, keep it 100 for the whole season. But the no Vaseline's are going to do real well. You know, I think uh, I think that's a that'd probably be a pretty good marketing ploy for them. Oh, wow. You know, like to to get people paying attention. That is hysterical. <laughs> oh man! And with that, you guys, you know, uh, okay, go ahead. before before we jump out, I was going to say, like, I think we should uh, also you know, acknowledge brand black has kind of made a, a pretty big play. Um, their, their price point is, is in that, like, you know, they're not competing with the LeBron level. They're in that, I think 120, 140 range. And really like everything I ha- I don't have a pair, but everything I've seen, all the reviews, all the, you know, like Nightwing, Foamer, those guys, it seems like all enjoy that shoe. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was I've watched some of Nightwing's reviews on their stuff, and Nightwing seems to really enjoy playing in brand black. So, shout out to them, and they're here in LA, and I didn't even mention them. So, shout out to me for being an ass. Um, anyway, so, so just just keep it one hundred here. Uh, so yeah, so you guys, that's this is outside the box, the, the podcast about sneakers and stuff, and um, it was all about basketball. So we want to know what you think about basketball. Were we right on some of the basketball stuff? Were we wrong? Um, was you know the commentary that Nick provided on God levels was was I completely in the wrong and was Brandon right as always so let us know use the hashtag outside the box uh, I am Jacques Slade you can find me uh, you know basically everywhere Instagram Twitter Snapchat YouTube all that stuff it's all under Cousteau which is K U S T O O don't ask why it's spelled that way just the way that uh, the good Lord intended it to be spelled. Um, <laughs> but I'm also here. I uh, couldn't do this show by myself. Um, the guys that really carry this show are Brandon and Nick. So Brandon, tell them where they can find you. You guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Brando3, M-R-B-R-A-N-D-O-3. Um, you can follow Nick. Nick, what's your handles? Uh, Nick Engvall, N-I-C-K-E-N-G-V-A-L-L. And uh, that's just across everything pretty much. So. All right. It's also on uh, Tinder, ladies and gentlemen, in case you want to reach him there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it. I got I to gotta, I gotta diversify my dating apps. <laughs> if anybody has any suggestions, <laughs> suggestions. leave the comments. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, again, let us know. Honestly, we really love to hear feedback from you guys. We really hear, love to hear the conversation. Uh, keep the conversation going outside of this podcast on whether you listen to it on YouTube or on SoundCloud. Uh, we definitely want to hear what you have to say. Uh, we want to make this a two-way conversation, not just us talking to you. We want to hear you guys talk to us. So let us know what you think. Uh, hit us up 
As always, we appreciate you, and we'll see you next week on the Outside the Box podcast.